Hey everybody, this is Juan Martinez of the Easyville Network, and welcome to the Easyville Minute for Thursday, September 20th, 2018. So today is supposed to be the official reveal, launch, debut, whatever you want to call it, of the Air Jordan 33, which is, of course, the latest signature shoe in the legendary Air Jordan line. Uh, if you ask a lot of sneakerheads, they think the Air Jordan died after the 12 or the 13 or the 23, and they haven't really paid attention since. And I doubt that this new Air Jordan is going to change their minds. Now, technologically speaking, based on the specs and the fact that I've actually seen this shoe in person, uh, it looks like a performance beast. It looks like it's something that's going to be towing the line between like revolutionary and something that's going to affect a lot of Jordan sneakers moving forward. But in terms of like shoe that is going to get the hype beast all excited and gonna get people lining up, um, well, we'll we'll talk about that tomorrow, I guess, or whenever they decide to officially reveal it. Um, I don't want to speak out of turn, uh, as it is, uh, just because I don't want to blow up somebody's spot. So we'll move along and we'll talk about that when they actually give out the specs and I can give a little bit more in depth. Uh, analysis or talk about it, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Uh, I'm not in that game at the moment, so <laughs> it's hard for me to like really break down and really assess like what the thoughts are about the Air Jordan 33 other than my own personal thoughts. So we'll move on from there. Okay, so sometime later this year or in 2019, Disney is going to launch their own streaming video service, which is to compete with the Netflix and the Hulus of the world. And one of their big properties that they have over pretty much everybody else is their huge catalog of Marvel stuff. So a lot of the MCU, if not all of the MCU movies that are currently available in other streaming services like Netflix are going to move over to this new Disney streaming service whenever it decides to launch. But not only are they going to get the MCU movies, they're also going to get some MCU limited miniseries, I guess. So according to the news and all that stuff, uh, it looks like there's going to be these limited series that are going to star and feature uh, B-level characters. Basically, those who probably wouldn't get their own superhero movies, their own headlining kind of Captain Marvel kind of deals. And it looks like the first two that are rumored to be up for a limited series are Loki and Scarlet Witch. To which I would say, wait, they're not good enough to get their own movies, especially somebody like Loki. But anyways, if you watch Infinity War, there's probably a good reason why Loki <laughs> is due for his own limited series. And the neat thing about this is that they're also going to star the actual actors who are in the uh, MCU movies. So in Loki's case, Tom Hiddleston is going to be there. And with uh, Scarlet Witch, Elizabeth Olsen is also going to reprise her role. And so... That's a good thing. It's a good way to expand all of the characters who maybe get the, you know, the shaft or are not necessarily getting like, you know, a lot of screen time in these movies. Although I would say Scarlet Witch is probably a character who probably deserves her own movie uh, because her powers seem like it's on the level of like somebody who could you know, carry her own movie because of like her, the potential of what she could possibly do especially if you follow the comic books and what Scarlet Witch has been able to pull off uh, in those stories. House of M, you know, comes to mind. And, you know, if she's capable of stuff like that in the MCU, I mean, she's probably good enough to, you know, pull off a movie. But, you know, same thing with Loki. Uh, Loki has always just been like a scene stealer in all of the movies. Uh, Hiddleston has played that role to great effect. Uh, I always figured he was just going to be like a one-off. He might show up like in one of the Thor movies and he'd be done. But... 
Turns out he was just a good enough actor and just such a appealing character. He played Loki to such a great effect that he managed to survive all the way till Infinity War. And then, yeah, stuff happens. So, you know, Loki seems like the perfect person to launch these uh, limited series. And, yeah, I think it opens it up the door for other characters. Maybe Shuri from Black Panther, uh, Falcon, uh, you know, maybe they do the Hulk. You know, for some reason, they've never gotten around to doing another Hulk movie. Uh, you know, the last Hulk movie was with Edward Norton back in like 2000, was it nine or 10? So it's been a long time since we've had like a solo Hulk story. I mean, he's always been like the guy who just shows up and is like, you know, just adds to the flavor of the movie. Uh, he had a pretty big role in Thor Ragnarok, but I wouldn't call him like a lead or anything like that. And in the Avengers, he's always kind of like the break glass in case of emergency kind of deal. Uh, Banner gets a lot more screen time than the Hulk, if you really uh, think about it. So, you know, maybe the Hulk is somebody who would be perfect for like a limited series or something that tells a little bit more of a deeper story uh, in terms of like Banner's relationship to the Hulk. So th there's a lot of, you know, ways they could go with it. I mean, they could even do stuff like, you know, damage control or they could do th the things that we thought they were going to do when they put out like, you know, stuff like uh, Inhumans, which was apparently a disaster, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Netflix shows. So maybe this will tie in more with like the MCU, at least, you know, obviously the Loki and the Scarlet Witch stuff is going to be pretty closely related to the MCU stuff, but there's so much potential for other stuff. Like I would like to see maybe as a joke, kind of like, you know, Spider-Man homecoming supporting characters kind of just have like a limited run and just see like their everyday lives, just dealing with the fact that there are superheroes in this world and, you know, how they react to that and how they kind of deal with it. I mean, you know, if we can get eight episodes of Aunt May, aka Mar Marissa Tomei, I, I don't, I wouldn't complain about that necessarily. Just because you know, more Marissa Tomei is a good thing. So, yeah, uh, this is a great idea. Uh, this is more of like more MCU stuff, and yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, I was already pretty sure I was going to subscribe to the Disney streaming service uh, because the hope and potential is that it's going to have all of those old Disney cartoons that I grew up with, and then there's also the Star Wars stuff. There's apparently going to be a you know, limited Star Wars series that is going to be helmed by uh, John Favreau, not the speechwriter, but the director, the actor. So there's just a lot of stuff there. And Disney basically is a take my money situation. I'm basically that fry gift from Futurama. Take my money. So just another reason for Disney to take my money, because, yeah, it's it's what they do best. All right, speaking of taking my money, Nintendo just got $20 from me yesterday as they launched their online service, which is an interesting uh, thing that happened yesterday. Didn't really have a lot of fanfare. I mean, they had the Nintendo Direct a couple days ago, and they basically just put out a couple details about what the online thing is going to be, and now we're here. Uh, so for $20 a year, I can now keep playing the games uh, that I was able to play online, stuff like Mario Kart, Splatoon... Okay, that's a lie. I've never played Splatoon online. <laughs> I played kind of sort of Mario Kart online. And maybe when Smash Brothers comes out, I might kind of sort of play it online. But apparently not all of the games are going to require the Nintendo online service. So apparently Fortnite, if you have the Switch version, you don't necessarily need to have Nintendo Switch online to play it online. You can just keep playing it as is because, well, Fortnite's a free game. Uh, it would be weird if you had to pay to play online, especially since there are so many other ways to play Fortnite for free. Uh, you know, and it's you know just pay for the cosmetic stuff and all the V bucks and all that stuff. Well, I can't believe I even said that. Like I know what Fortnite's all about. But anyways, 
So Nintendo Switch Online not only features, obviously, online gaming, it also has cloud saves, which I'm kind of confused about how that works. Um, I don't know if, if it's actually ever going to happen where, you know, God willing, my Switch, you know, makes it through however long it's going to make it through. Uh, or if I ever feel the need to get a second Switch, uh, if that's going to be possible for me to transfer saves over there, I still have no idea how that's going to work. And Nintendo hasn't really get, done a good job of you know, presenting the information and really conveying like, yes, this is going to be a very convenient thing for somebody such as myself who at some point might require more than one Switch. Uh, so, yeah, I'm still in intrigued to see how that works. I've backed up my saves for Mario Odyssey and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild because... That seems pretty important. <laughs> I would, uh, I would be pretty sad if I lost those saves. Everything else can kind of go. I mean, you know, we could just build up the Mario Kart tracks and characters and all that stuff again. But they're pretty much all unlocked, so I don't really see the point. But yeah, you know, it's a it's a neat feature. I mean, I have cloud saves also on Xbox and also on PlayStation. But yeah, I haven't really had a need to really break those out. You know, you put them in like a different situation or anything like that. So. Yeah, it's just a neat thing to have, I guess. But, you know, it's kind of like, hey, yeah, welcome to modern times, I guess, Nintendo. Uh, the thing that's most interesting right now, though, is the fact that if you sign up for Nintendo Switch Online, you can also play basically their equivalent of a virtual console because there is a app program, whatever you want to call it, service right now on the Nintendo Store that you can download which will allow you the ability to play 20 classic NES titles. And if you have the Japanese account, store account, you can play 20 classic Famicom family computer titles, although they're pretty much the same games. Uh, everything from Super Mario Brothers to Mario 3 to Legend of Zelda, and even obscure stuff like pro wrestling, ice hockey, soccer, tennis, like stuff that has two players, obviously. Gradius is on there, which is a wild thing to think about. River City Ransom, Double Dragon. I mean, you know, it's a pretty good list of 20 games. And, you know, depending on what Nintendo decides to do with it, this could be their virtual console. Although initially what they said was it was going to be 10 games uh, and every month it was going to rotate in and out. But, you know, they're starting off with 20 and apparently they've kind of taking it back and they, they're saying that it's going to expand over time and not necessarily take games away because it'd be pretty dumb to take away a classic or something that game, you know people want to play. So maybe they're just going to see like what the reaction is and what people are playing and then kind of stick to that. And then maybe like delist some of the lesser play titles. Hopefully I can play enough pro wrestling uh, with my brother online to justify the fact that they need to keep that title on the service forever. <laughs> uh, you know, Starman versus Fighter Hayabusa and all that neat stuff. And also ice hockey playing four fat guys at the same time is always a fun deal. Uh, so hopefully, you know, Nintendo just keeps evolving the service and you know puts out more NES games and eventually evolves to like Super NES games and Nintendo 64 games and quite honestly the dream of this service is they get to a point where they are offering a game like say Mario Kart 64 uh, you can play it online and all you have to do is play that $20 a month fee at uh, $20 a year fee all right so we're gonna keep this Baroness train rolling uh, with Jimmy Butler he is apparently wanting out of the Minnesota Timberwolves after just one season so uh, apparently, he had a meeting with Tom Thibodeau and the uh, Timberwolves Brass. And the conclusion from that is that Butler wants out. And he has a list of three teams that he is willing to be traded to and will re-sign there. Apparently, no questions asked or, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, and it's pretty much down to the Knicks, the Nets, and the Clippers. So 
the word is is that Jimmy Butler wants to go to LA, but he was originally wanting to go to the Lakers. But since LeBron's there, he doesn't want to go there anymore. And he wants to go to the Clippers, which is kind of funny because it's like, oh, everybody wants to play with LeBron. Yeah, not really. Looks like Jimmy Butler wants to do his own thing and maybe drag along Kyrie Irving with him. So, yeah, this is kind of a mess for the Timberwolves. Uh, Jimmy Butler is one of those very intense kind of also kind of defensive kind of, you know, athletes uh, when he's being interviewed, especially when he was on like the Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, You could always sense that he's a dude who's like very careful with his words, but also can kind of like strike back whenever he hears something that's like something that he's not necessarily agreeing with. And that's cool. You know, it's nice to always like, you know, have athletes who are a little bit more, you know, not necessarily just willing to go with the flow. It's more like really more about like questioning, not like earth flat, earth is flat nonsense, like what Kyrie does, but more like, hey, I don't agree with that narrative that you're putting out there. And let me tell you why. And kind of put it out there that this is how I feel. And, you know, sometimes it could be PR spin. It could just be, you know, Jimmy Butler speaking out of his ass or speak Jimmy Butler speaking from like a point of reference that is something to be respected. But, but you know, at the end of the day, he's somebody that's like he's willing to put himself out there when necessary. And that's a cool thing. And so the bitterness apparently stems from the fact that Butler is not cool with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins just being young guys who are kind of just going through the motions uh, or at least appears to be going through the motions because I don't know. Who knows exactly what goes on in these practices and off the court stuff. And, you know, we can kind of just make guesses when we see them on the court. But, you know, we don't know the process that Towns goes through. We don't know the process that Wiggins go through. But Jimmy Butler is a very intense kind of cat. Uh, Seems like a kind of guy who takes, you know, training and, you know, just preparation, all that stuff very seriously. And if he sees somebody goofing off, eh, then maybe that's or somebody who's not like, or somebody who's just young and just kind of wants to enjoy the ride for a little bit, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely a argument and a case to be made for like, you know, Hey, enjoy it while it's around. Right. So, you know, Jimmy Butler just isn't down with that and that's his thing. And so he wants out and Thibodeau uh, Tibbs is like, Oh man. And I brought back the 2011 bulls <laughs> to, to the Timberwolves. I mean, now he's got, um, he, may, he might get Joakim Noah. Uh, Derek Rose is already there. Uh, it's just so much stuff. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Nate Robinson get signed. It's just wild. Uh, Taj Gibson. Just, like, we're Scalbrini, you know? Like, Joakim Noah is, like, on his way. Maybe, maybe. maybe. So, uh, it's just an interesting thing uh, to see this play out. And Butler is just, yeah, just pretty much leaving the Timberwolves to dry because of, like, all of the stuff they had to trade. I think it was like Zach Levine and Louis Markkinen uh, in terms of like trying to get uh, Butler away from the Bulls. So if Jimmy goes, yikes. And, you know, it's it, it also puts like the uh, the Timberwolves in a bind because how are they going to trade somebody who just clearly wants out? They don't have any leverage at this point. So, you know, I'm interested to see what they are going to do in terms of like trying to appease Jimmy and also trying to get like value for him because, you know, it looks like the Knicks and the Nets aren't necessarily going to sacrifice like young assets uh, to give it up for to get Jimmy Butler, especially since he can just sign with them next year. Or maybe they do. Who knows? Uh, the Clippers can also offer like a package of like Tobias Harris, who apparently is a lot more valuable than I think he is uh, and a bunch of other stuff to get him. So I-, I think it'd be fun if Jimmy Butler went to the Clippers. Uh, it would be a fun time just to have the comedy of having him here in LA trying to compete with like LeBron and all that stuff. And also just to have 
two good teams in L.A. I mean, he could be like, you know, the first guy here for the Clippers and then maybe Kyrie or whoever Kawhi comes over next season. It would be a lot more fun that way here in L.A. So, yeah, good times. Good times in the NBA. Like, you know, I I was already talking about the NFL like this past week about like how they're back, kind of, sort of, with their goofiness, with the Fitzmagic and all that stuff. But the NBA stays being the NBA and maybe nothing exemplifies that more than Steven Jackson, who you know, just had to get in there and talk about it and, you know, talk trash apparently with uh, Andrew Wiggins' brother who got a lot of people talking when he tweeted hallelujah uh, when I think it was Shams who tweeted out that Jimmy Butler wants out and then it kind of just devolved into an argument between the Wiggins brothers and Captain Jack and yeah, while I, I, I don't necessarily want to say that Captain Jack is right on all fronts, uh, in this case, I, I'm going to side with Captain Jack because, yeah, He's that dude, <laughs> Captain Jack, is somebody you just don't want to mess with. It's kind of like the Wu-Tang Clan. They ain't nothing to F with. Okay, and then finally, Space Jam 2 is finally a thing. Well, it's been a thing for a very long time. There's been lots of discussions, rumors, innuendo, and all that stuff. But it looks like we're finally going to get Space Jam 2 at some point, which is the sequel to the... Uh, I guess legendary to a lot of people under the age of 30 uh, movie starring Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and all the Warner Brothers cartoon characters, the Looney Tunes. Uh, so we're getting a sequel, I guess, to that starring LeBron James and Bugs Bunny as his point guard. And it's going to be produced by Ryan Coogler, who has been on a roll lately with stuff like Black Panther and Creed. So I, I don't know. Like, I guess Space Jam 2 could be something cool. Um, I wasn't necessarily a biggest fan of Space Jam. You know, I know that's blasphemy for a lot of people to hear, but shut up. You know, Space Jam was a fine movie for its time. It had the novelty of Michael Jordan being really one of like the first actors to star in like a green, almost entirely green screen movie. Uh, And that was like, that was just a fun novelty. If you really think about it, MJ's kind of pioneering that way. But, you know, Space Jam was of a time, you know, it's a, it's a thing that existed because it was just like synergy, corporate synergy and all that stuff. MJ, you know, worked always worked with like the Looney Tunes guys with Nike and all that. And, you know, it kind of made sense. I mean, I don't know if LeBron and Looney Tunes make sense, but I, I guess they're going to make it work. Uh, you know, it's not like LeBron could probably go with Disney. I'm sure there's going to be like a lot of arguments and discussions with that. Uh, so I guess like Warner Brothers was a lot easier to work with. So I guess we're getting a Space Jam sequel. Uh, you know, the Monstars are probably going to come back. Uh, the one thing, well, actually, there's a couple things I'm very interested in is who's going to be this version of the Monstars? Who's going to be the Charles Barkley, the Sean Bradley, the Muggsy Bogues, the Patrick Ewing and the Larry Johnson? I think the most likely candidate is Draymond Green uh, because he's just a partner with LeBron's uninterrupted stuff. And, you know, he is of the dude who, you know, likes to talk trash with LeBron on the court. But off the court, it seems like they're always cool. So whatever. So Draymond seems most likely. Uh, It'd be funny if Kevin Durant got a role and, you know, people just got, you know, snide remarks for KD. (laughs) Uh, There's just so much to talk about with this stuff. I mean, who's going to play the Bill Murray role? It better just be damn Bill Murray. Uh, You know, (laughs) like who's going to be the Larry Bird old elder statesman? Would it be Kobe? Um, You know, who's going to be? Is Michael Jordan going to make an appearance? I mean, if it's Space Jam 2, they have to at least acknowledge that MJ was a thing, right? They have to acknowledge that there was a game, the, the, the game of the century, whatever, like from all those years ago, right? 
they have to like they have to bring back MJ for at least a cameo or something. Okay, I would be okay with this if somehow Space Jam Two is like you know it, it, it is it kind of plays the same beats as the first movie, but Bill Murray is played by Michael Jordan, as in he's the guy who comes in like late in the game is like, oh hey, perhaps you could use some assistance, and it's like there's Michael Jordan with his secret water thing, and yeah that that'd be funny of course that would get a lot of like you know mj fans being like see mj is there to save the day so i guess maybe that wouldn't be the best idea because the reason why i kind of want this to happen is because it just kind of rubs the mj fans the wrong way and nothing gets me happier uh few things make me happier i guess than watching mj fans lose their damn minds because i mean if kugler is gonna have like a role in it uh, i guess it could be you know potentially something a little bit more uh, than the fluff that Space Jam the original was, but we'll see. Uh, you know, LeBron is you know moving into Hollywood. He's got a lot of like projects now, and this is going to be one of his big things because he's actually going to star in it. So looking forward to it when it drops, and hopefully like there will be a lot of sneaker tie-ins. You know, the LeBron 16 or 17 or whatever is going to have like a Space Jam themed colorway, which of course is going to piss off again the uh, the the Jordan fans a little bit more, which is great. So. Keep doing what you're doing, LeBron. Just keep ticking off these MJ fans. And by the way, I still think Michael Jordan is the greatest athlete of all time. It doesn't mean I can't appreciate LeBron. It doesn't mean that I can't appreciate when when anybody like you know just clowns and tweaks the fan base a little bit. So go do your thing, LeBron. Good luck on Space Jam 2. And yeah, looking forward to that. And hopefully Daffy Duck gets a bigger role because Daffy Duck is the goat. Yeah, I said it. Or Foghorn Leghorn. He's good too. All right, everybody, hope you all enjoyed that episode of the Easeville Minute. This is Juan Martinez of the Easeville Network. Find out more about the network by going to patreon.com slash Easeville. That is E-Z-Y-V-I-L-L-E. Subscribe to that. It's how we keep things going. It's how we keep the podcast ad-free. It's how we keep the videos ad-free. Of course, you'll see exclusive content on there that you just won't see anywhere else. So thanks for listening, everybody, and I will see you at the next thing.